0: Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, and my guest today is Melissa Barrick. Melissa is the district manager for Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District. And, Melissa, welcome back to Community Focus.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I've... Uh, We were just talking off the air a little bit about this uh, huge project you have undertaken and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, If you will, Melissa, for our listeners, can you just kind of tell us uh, about the Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District and what you do?
1: can do that. So the Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District is a local government unit. Uh, They started during the um, 1900s, during the Dust Bowl, uh, where um, people were starting to see soil disappear into the air, and they thought that that there should be some local representation uh, for soil and water issues. And so uh, the first Soil and Water Conservation District was started in Winona area, and um, later then um, each county kind of started a soil and water conservation district. So we have our own uh, elected board, Uh, a lot of times you see them on the ballot, and um, we work with partners, uh, the federal government, uh, state partners, and the counties to help basically keep the water and soil healthy of the area.
0: Great. Now, uh, we have you on today to talk about an incredible project that uh, you have undertaken. And maybe I'll let you uh, describe this, but it seems like you've brought together two different counties, two different uh, soil and water conservation districts, uh, the state, and many more, for a very big uh, watershed project, if you will, that involves the Pine River area. And again, uh, both Cass and Crow Wing counties, huh?
1: Yeah, so um, the state of Minnesota has started a program where they're looking at sort of water quality from a bigger scope, I guess. Um, And so we started looking at kind of what we call the Pine River watershed area. So um, the area that drains into the Pine River, so a lot of you guys know um, Pine Mountain, Whitefish Chain, Cross Lake, (coughs) that all drains into the Pine River. And so we kind of focused on this bigger scale. And um, instead of managing the water just in our own counties, uh, we partnered with Cass County to kind of look at both of these counties and try to determine uh, which water areas are doing really well and which areas may need some additional help. And so we went through a a two-year process. Uh, We had... um, elected officials involved from both counties and soil and water conservation district boards to kind of facilitate the decisions that were being made for the plan. And then we also had a stakeholder group uh, of many different interests to help with um, sort of navigating what those priorities should be in the plan. And so we had people from resorts, we had a plumber, um, we had state agencies as well involved in that planning process and uh some of the lake associations um Pine River Watershed Alliance and the Whitefish Area Property Owners um and so we met for 2 years and kind of developed this plan um, and then, um, as once we developed this plan, then the state uh, was um, sort of more uh, going to provide funding for us to implement this plan. And so, in June of 2020, we received 482 thousand dollars to implement the plan that we developed.
0: That is fantastic. So, Melissa, let's talk about the plan itself. Uh, there, there has to be some goals, and like I said before, geographically, this is a huge area. So. If you can, in a nutshell, kind of describe the plan itself.
1: Yep. And so the plan, we kind of broke it into two different categories, sort of fix it or keep it. Um, So when we talk Mm. about water quality uh, or lakes and healthy lakes, um, we want to make sure that the lakes that are maybe... um, the water visibility has decreased over years that we're doing things on the land to help uh, basically increase the water clarity and then there's a lot of lakes that are still doing really well um, that haven't had any issues and we want to make sure that that stays into the future and so we call that keep it Um, so we kind of categorize the different areas into two categories keep it and and fix it and so the keep it um, is a little less intensive. Um, what we're looking for landowners to do is some of them is uh, to do what we call private forest management. So kind of manage their woods um, and then also get some type of plan for their woods. Um, And then if people are interested, there's different programs where you can uh, keep your land as is. Um, Some of them you get paid for. um, Some of them you get uh, payment every year. And so our goal for those areas is to try to have... 75% of the lake protected. Mm. Um, And so what that does is there was a research done by Pete Jacobson and the DNR that identified cold water fishery lakes as a high priority for the state of Minnesota and realizing that what happens on the land eventually runs into those lakes and that if we can keep those lakes protected... Um, that we would be able to kind of maintain those fisheries into the future. And so that was a major goal uh, throughout this whole plan. Um, And then also we realized that the Whitefish Chain of Lakes is a huge economic driver for our community in this area, and that, um, you know, there has been some issues in the past uh, with algae and um, additional plant growth. And so we've been spending a lot of time and trying to investigate and identify where those sort of hot spots are and then identify what we can do on the land Um, and so Mm, we also talked a lot about groundwater and drinking water um, and sort of you know sort of public health components with that and I think that was the most interesting thing to me I'm not a groundwater guru by any means um, but we did have someone from the department of health and just to realize how uh Sandy, these soils are, and how many septic systems and wells are along all of these lakes, and how that all kind of interacts. Um, it was really interesting to me to better understand that component.
0: You sent me some uh, maps and information on this, and I was uh, that's the one that caught my eye is I know it's around clamshell, bertha, and middle whitefish, and just the number of wells and uh, septic systems is amazing.
1: Yeah, and so, um, I think that was, you know, and I think a lot of times, People, um, I've seen this in my own family, I have a couple of family members that bought houses in Wisconsin, and when you don't live on a lake and you grew up in the city, like having a septic system is kind of a foreign <laughs> uh, foreign world to you. Yeah. And so um, I think some of our stuff will be doing a lot of education, just getting people to realize that they need to pump in and, and uh, kind of what to be looking for um, within their, their well and their septic system.
0: Now the money you received, obviously, as you talked about the the plan and the and the two parts. So money be, will be used to protect the the stuff that is in the keep it category, and uh, the other category, you're going to have to spend some money to bring it back. Is that kind of how it works out?
1: Yep. And so we um, had all of the different counties and SWCDs kind of approve a, a work plan, and so we kind of based it off that plan. Uh, the the plan was a 10-year plan and this first chunk of money is just for 2 years so um you know the main goal that we set uh for the sort of fix it side of things was uh reduce sort of the nutrients so the sort of the what we call phosphorus which is basically what kind of creates those algae blooms in yeah. the lakes Um, We set a goal for the lakes that uh, were declining in that visibility of 5% phosphorus reduction. And so um, each of the lakes have their own individual uh, phosphorus goal. And one of the things we're working on right now is we created individual lake plans um, to go and talk to lake associations about what they can do on their property and on their lake. And we tailored it really specifically to each different lake. And so we'll be trying to meet with folks, um, probably digitally right now just because of uh, COVID, um, but trying to get that information out to Lake Association so they have a better sense of um, what they can do on their property and, you know, hopefully talking to their neighbors and other people of the different options and programs that are available for landowners to enroll into.
0: Yeah, and really, when it uh, comes down to improving water clarity on lakes, it, it does uh, involve each and every individual on the lake. Does it not?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's things that we can all do, and there's definitely certain spots that we can do different practices that will help a lot. Um, and we're definitely investigating those as well. Um, but it's a it's a collective effort by all, for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, does this plan uh, address at all the aquatic invasive species?
1: That is a great question. Um, so one of the things is is that the county already gets uh, funding from the state and has a plan to address aquatic invasive species. So this plan is uh, does not address aquatic invasive species, but the county does have their own plan and sort of currently has um, some funding available to do that.
0: Interesting. I know uh, we've had you on the program in the past, Melissa, and we've all talked about uh, uh, Lakeshore property owners and how important it is to avoid fertilizers, uh, to do a buffer zone. And are those still some of the practices that you'll be encouraging uh, property owners to, to, uh, to do?
1: Yes, that is correct. We will be um having some money to work with landowners to do um to help manage that runoff off of their property. Um it, it, and we're also going to be looking at um chlorides or salt. So that's been kind of a big issue in the metro. Um, and so we're going to be working on helping um, a lot of the operators, so the people that drive snow plows, um, and better train them on how to manage and uh, reduce their sort of chloride use.
0: As well. I, yeah, and I didn't realize that was an issue here in the lakes area because I, too, have read about it in the Twin Cities. But what you put on the roads, like you say, eventually ends up uh, working its way toward our lakes and streams, doesn't it?
1: Yes, and the most interesting thing about chloride um, is that it kind of never goes away. The only way to really get it out of a system is through... Um, reverse osmosis. Oh um, and so, well, yeah, whatever gets p- put on on the roads eventually either gets into our groundwater or into a lake. Um, but we are working, we've done several different trainings for these uh, drivers and providers, people that provide uh, snow plowing to other customers as well. And we're planning on hosting a couple this summer yet. Um, so stay tuned on that. Um, but, um, yeah, we're excited. It's been a great, um, project. We had a great advisory committee and great, uh, sort of support from the counties, um, and the soil and water conservation districts. And, uh, we're just excited to, um, be able to kind of start to implement this plan. And, uh, we know that this area is, is really, um, important area for both of the counties. Um, and so we, we look forward to trying to see how our efforts, um, help us to be able to protect this area for many people to enjoy for many years to come.
0: Yeah. Now, Melissa, you uh, say this is a 10-year plan, and yet the funding you described was a two-year funding package. So do you have to go back and, uh, if you will, uh, ask for more money uh, every couple of years for the project?
1: Um, I'm As of right now, my understanding is, is once we've done this plan, then we're kind of in the queue to get the funding. Sure. Uh, Obviously, this funding that's coming is coming from the Clean Water Land and Legacy Amendment, which is the sales tax that was passed in 2008. Um, And so, you know, a lot of that sort of depends on the funds available through the sales tax. Um, But at this point, that is my understanding, yeah, that we would be um, sort of available to get the funding um, the next kind of two years as well. Okay. Continuing. Forward.
0: Yeah, and uh, I know uh, just from dealing with some of the lakes that I've lived on, uh, the uh, the septic systems are a huge issue in terms of uh, there are many that are old and then others have been upgraded and are new and, and meet all the requirements. That becomes a, a big issue, does it not, to work with landowners to try and get those uh, up to code, if you will?
1: Yeah, and it it can be um, difficult, you know, just from the expense
0: uh,
1: uh, side of things. There are some different programs, especially for um, low-income people, to be able to get low-interest loans. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely something that we're going to be trying to tackle and trying to communicate to landowners and give them opportunity to maintain their systems um, and, you know, get people to have better information so they know what to do with their property.
0: Yeah. And I i know you, you mentioned this, but boy, you, you talk about what a huge tract of land that is, how many lakes are involved in this uh, uh, watershed plan that you're talking about, and you think about the vacation land uh, that we live in. It's really important that we preserve all the lakes in, in central Minnesota, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and if you think about it from an economic standpoint, um Paul Radomski with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources did a really interesting study on the economics of clean water lakes versus, you know, other lakes. And obviously this area, um, we have the infrastructure already built in and we have some of these big chain of lakes. And, you know, they're the ones that um, people are are really interested in paying additional dollars. And so, you know, the economics do kind of trickle down to schools and, the county, and that's one of the things we did look at, is kind of the economics of this area. And I do believe that we did uh, figure it out. It was about $2.7 billion of property value in this area. Wow. Um, And so, yeah, it it, it is a a big deal. And, you know, I think that's what's cool in my mind is that we can kind of take this information and coincide it uh, with our protection efforts and try to protect this tax base for
0: yeah, future as well. Yeah, and not only the tax base, but the uh, tourism dollars that are generated in this area is, again, uh, pretty big figures we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I think last time, I can't remember. I usually look it up every year um, based off the Minnesota tourism. But yeah, it's we're usually pretty close after, I think it's like Duluth or something, or like 12th or 13th in the state for tourism dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah, very important. All right. Well, if our listeners would like to find out more about this project, do you have this information online?
1: Yes, we do. Uh, the best way, if you just want to Google uh, Pine River One Watershed, One Plan, um, it's on the Crowing County website, uh, or if you just uh, go to uh, Crow Wing County and then look under Water Plan, there's all the information, all the minutes of the different meetings that we had and the entire plan, and then a, a nice little summary of what the plan is about.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, Melissa, I want to thank you for being here today to talk about this uh, very large undertaking, and uh, we'll have you back to keep us up to date on how it's going.
1: Sounds great. Thank you very much for the time, and uh, feel free to uh, give us a call if you want to know more as well.
0: Very good. Melissa, thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Bye. Melissa Barrick is the district manager for the Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District. And again, you can find out more about what we've been talking about if you Google the Crow Wing County website, you'll find it there. Pine River, one watershed, one plant. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs are available anytime online at 1067wjjy.com, brought to you by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. You can also find our Community Focus programs on our free downloadable app. That's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.